Welcome to Sticky Sports Side, a sports-based podcast hosted by two best friends. This podcast will dive into the world of professional and collegiate sports with a sprinkle of statistics, betting, and matchup advice alongside a heavy dose of harsh takes and profanity. Let me tell you about Noah, the king of controversial takes. Literally make any argument and he will go against it. And then there's Phil, the king of sharps. He will win you money, and when he doesn't, he won't feel bad about it. Welcome to our world of sports. The sticky side. Let's hop on that gravy train. Sticky Sports Side, everyone. We're sorry for the little bit of the hiatus that we took the last few months. Phil and I really didn't want to put too much uh, thought and effort into MLB as uh, it's not too exciting. Um, October, when October comes around, yeah, it will be exciting, but we have some college football on the docket today. We're going to hop into some of the hugest matchups this weekend, and then we're going to go into some conference predictions. Phil, uh, you want to start us off? Say anything? Oh yeah, I'm just I I'm stoked to be back. I think Noah knows this. I'm absolutely amped. Um, college football is back. We also have NFL coming back here in a few days as well. Um, it's gonna be a great time. Week zero already happened for college football, but those are the teams no one cares about. So we are gonna start the podcast this week. Um, we are recording a couple days short of the Thursday openers for the major conferences. So um, we were very very excited to be back. Yes, and moving forward, we will re- we will be releasing Thursday morning, so you guys will have that content um, right before the games start. I know they have some games earlier in the in the week as the season goes on, but as of right now, Thursdays are the earliest games that they'll have. And just for a heads up for all of you guys, we will be releasing weekly Thursday mornings. Um, we'll record a couple days, um, kind of go over the week before, the week up to come for both NFL and college football. Um, and for all of you guys that have been following us already, and all of you that should be following us, we have a Twitter, TikTok, and an Instagram. We have been posting our picks basically daily, uh, betting-wise, on Twitter. Um, Instagram, we will give you guys updates on podcasts, when they're releasing, what uh, some of the topics will be for the day. And then TikTok is just going to be us having some fun, talking about sports, and doing dances and shit like that. So, um, we're excited. Absolutely amped. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. Uh, let's go ahead and what do you want to start with? Uh, power five predictions or matchups? Uh, let's do matchups to start. We'll do power five down. Perfect, perfect, perfect. All right, let's go ahead and jump into some of the bigger matchups here, which me and Noah, we circled kind of five, five for this opening week just because these are we think are the biggest games. Obviously, there's upsets that can happen, but these are the games that we kind of pinpoint it here. Um, we have Oregon and Georgia. No, what do you think so far? This is a neutral site game, even though it is in Atlanta, Georgia, and the line is Georgia minus 17. Okay, see, right there, you already told me something that I didn't know. I thought this was originally supposed to be in Athens, um, so it is, it's in Atlanta. Yes, so neutral site, but not neutral site. 
Okay, interesting that they chose to have it in Georgia itself if it's a neutral site, but I don't I don't take care of the scheduling. That's not on me. Um, but no, I, I totally agree. The spread is gigantic, 17 points. I think Georgia wins this game um, pretty easily, honestly, but I don't think that it will be by the spread. I think Oregon covers. They're a good team. They picked up Bo Nix in the offseason. Um, lost a very good running back, but their defense is going to be good. Corners are always solid. Um, Georgia will win with that leadership of Stetson Bennett, some solid running backs, and they're just a power SEC school. So. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, I mean, Georgia, I think, is just better in the trenches. Um, I mean, to be honest, Georgia's probably better all the way across the board, period, just because Georgia's had, like, a top three recruiting class I don't know how many years in a row. Um I will say it's. I think it's going to be a closer game than the 17-point spread if I had to lean one way. Um, it's first game of the season. Both teams are going to have rust. It's, you know, uh, so I think it's going to be Oregon plus 17 is the play, but Georgia's going to win. Yeah, and just a little note here. Georgia's defensive coordinator from last year, um, uh, is it Dan Lanning? Is that what his name is? Uh, I think so. Something Lanning. I know his last name. Um, he is now the head coach of Oregon, so that's something to look out for as he is very aware of how that defensive scheme and, and how they plan moving forward in the game, and he knows that offense very well. Um, so, yeah, keep an eye out for that. Oregon might have um, Georgia's number at some point in these games, but let's move on. We got another huge matchup, top five matchup, actually. Notre Dame is going to Columbus, correct, to visit Ohio State. Uh, yes, I don't think it's, I mean, it is a top five matchup, but I don't see Notre Dame as a top five team, even though they're preseason ranked, which guys go ahead and do yourselves a favor and throw out preseason rankings. For the most part, they don't mean shit. Um, I think Ohio State is going to win this game and win convincingly. Now, will they cover the 17 point spread? I'm leaning that way, but I'm not. You know, it's not a lock as of right now, but I am leaning that way just to give you guys a little indication. Know what you think. And I, have, I have no complaints with that. Um, Notre Dame was a solid team last year. They did lose quite a few um, pieces of that offense and defense. Yeah, absolutely. Ohio State kind of disappointed a little bit last year. Um, very solid, best offense in the country. They're going to do it again this year. Um, don't be surprised if they're throwing up five or 600 yards a game, even against Big Ten schools. Uh, they're going to drop over 40 points against this Notre Dame defense. And for that reason, you have Connor Stroud, or C.J. Stroud, not Connor Stroud, C.J. Stroud and Jackson Smith and Jigba, who blew up for over 300 yards in the Rose Bowl game last year. He's going to be that target um, for Stroud moving forward this year. And then they have Marvin Harrison Jr., another stud, um, son of a Hall of Famer in the NFL. This Ohio State team is scary, and this is a team to watch. And for betting purposes, the over 59 in that game, I think, is an absolute lock. I, I do like the over in that. That might end up be where I shift my focus. I do think that um, Ohio State, how far they go this season, is going to depend on if their defense ends up being good. They do not need okay. an elite defense to win the national title. They need a good one. Their offense is that good. And some of these Big Ten schools, yes, they have the offensive prowess. They might have better wide receivers, quarterbacks than these SEC schools, but the defense is where it really matters and where it shows late in the season. So uh, yeah, we'll keep an eye yeah. out for Ohio State. We'll probably be talking about them a lot this year. Even though I absolutely hate them. So it hurts me to even like say this, but Agreed. yeah. Agreed. So uh, who we got next now? I'm actually curious. Um, 
I don't know if I wrote the spread down right on this, but we have Cincinnati visiting Arkansas. Uh, it's a six-point spread. It's in uh, Lafayette. Arkansas is six-point favorite. Okay. Um, Arkansas is a team that's returning a lot of people from last season. Solid team. They beat Penn State in the bowl game. Um, made us both sad, I'm assuming. And Cincinnati is one of those teams. They lost, a, honestly, a generational talent. Now I'm saying for Cincinnati standards at quarterback. They really haven't seen a guy like Desmond Ritter there in quite some time. Um, I do think Arkansas is just, they have that seniority and an SEC, I think will always trump. Um, I think, I think Luke, I I think Luke Fickle's a pretty good coach though. I think Cincinnati's going to play well. You're going to play well. Um, that spread is, I, I think I want to lean Arkansas minus six, just being at home in first game of the year. I don't know how Cincinnati's going to play without their starting quarterback that they've had I'm, the last three to four seasons. I see. I'm going to fade you on that. I think Cincy. Okay. I think Cincy plus six is actually a pretty strong play. I think. Um, I'm. I'm not going to bet this game if I'm being honest. Um, I don't trust either of the lines that <laughs> that well. I like the first two spreads that we had talked about first, but this one I'm not. I'm not. I'll be honest, K.J. Jefferson's a fullback playing quarterback, so if you stop Arkansas's run game, which Cincy will do their very best, um, then they will be in the game and it will be close. I'm not saying they're going to win, but a six-point spread's a lot for a team that depends on the running game as much as Arkansas does. Great. Um, That matchup, obviously, a little less juicy than the first two, but here's one that um, I think we're both excited to talk about a little bit. Utah is going on the road to visit Florida in the Swamp. Yep, three-point spread. Number team in the country going against an unranked Florida, and they're only three-point favorites. Phil, can you explain that? Uh, The Swamp's a tough place to play. Usually, when you have that big of home field advantage, it's usually four to five points in the books. So if Utah was at home because they're three-point favorites on the road at the Swamp, they'd probably be about eight to ten-point favorites is where I project. Um, I will say, though, um, I really, really like this play. I like Utah minus three. I think they're the better team across the board. SEC speed my ass. Florida's not good. Um, I don't even think Florida solved their quarterback issues. And without a quarterback, you're definitely not going to beat Utah. They've got a solid defense. Um, I just I just see Utah winning this by honestly double digits. I could see double digits here as well. This Utah team I really didn't know too much about last year. I knew they were just hovering inside the top ten to fifteen most of the season. And then when I watched that Rose Bowl game, uh, Cameron Rising's the real deal. He's a very solid quarterback. He can make all the throws. Pack twelve. What's up? He can make all the throws. Like yeah, I'm, I'm not saying throws. he plays the best competition, but he has the talent. He has very good arm strength. His precision passing is honestly a lot better than I had. Watching him in person, it was a lot better than I had heard about. Yeah. And he's very mobile as well. And and he destroyed an Ohio State defense last year. And, I, and, um, and admittedly, Ohio State's defense, me and Noah aren't delusional, wasn't very good last year. No, um, I would agree with that. But still... Um, still very impressive, him, though. Still very impressive yes, what he did. It, Dropping, I think it was, they lost 48 to 45. Yeah. I'm um, still dropping 45 It wasn't like on. he scored 31 points. He he, yeah. he put up 48 on an Ohio State team. I mean, that's One impressive, yeah. In the country, I'll see. Yeah. That's something to be um, admirable about. So, last game that we have here, none of these, or neither of these teams are ranked. We have Florida State, who's one of those teams that were giants in the early 2010s, playing an always good to 
excellent LSU team. So, um, three points spread. Yeah, um, LSU at, well, it's not at home. Once again, this is a neutral site game, but it's in Louisiana, so it's not a neutral site game. Um, it's at, it's where they, it's where the Saints play is where they're playing. I think it's, uh, Caesars Dome. Dome. Yeah, the Superdome, Caesars Superdome. Yeah. Um, I think LSU with Brian, Brian Kelly is going to want to make a statement. And the perfect way to do that is to play a brand name like Florida State, who is admittedly down, but beat the shit out of them. Um, I love LSU minus three here. I think they're going to have a home crowd, even though it's not a home crowd. I think Florida State, uh, I mean, they've already played a game this year. Uh, they played nobody in 147-10. to 10. I think LSU's, LSU's going to take it to him because Pri- Brian Kelly needs to make a statement early in his time at LSU for those fans to back him because he's not a naturally Southern guy, and that's how you get accepted in the SEC. Oh, man, I love the South. Um, I, I'm going with you there. I'm going with LSU minus three. Florida State just hasn't been the same team recently. And if anyone wants to say, oh, they beat a team by 40, they played an FCS school and it was Duquesne. I saw. And it wasn't where, impressive. It just wasn't he impressive. He had his pants pulled up to his titties and they were bright red and they did not look good on him at all. That Duquesne, was a Twitter. Uh, that went viral. That went viral. Yes, Duquesne is a. a I'm not going to say. I don't know how they are in FCS. I don't really look into that too much. But um, they're not formidable competition. And they're really not even that good of a non conference game. Um, but yeah. I, I was listening to some podcasts, so I watched a little bit of some highlights from the game. And Florida State's offensive line and defensive line aren't really the best um, no. in the trenches. And I know LSU always comes hard with that every year. Well, and to be fair, they pulled in hard. they pull they pull in good recruiting classes. And I think Florida State. I mean, Florida State does too, but LSU definitely with Brian Kelly is trying to win the trenches. Um, make no mistake, he came to LSU. He he's making good money. He was making good money at Notre Dame. He came to LSU for a chance to win a championship because he thought there was restrictions at Notre Dame that he couldn't do that. Agreed. So and Brian Kelly's a very solid coach as well. He is. Um, yeah, I think it's LSU minus three. No, I know you said this was the last matchup, but I did just because we were both Penn State alum. I wanted to talk about the Thursday night matchup, Penn State at Purdue to open the season for, I think this is Penn State's seventh away Big Ten game to open the season in a row. Um, to open Big Ten play, I should say, but this is to open the season. Penn State minus three and a half on the road at Purdue team at a Purdue team that went nine and three la- or nine and four last year with a very good quarterback and a very good offense. Um, yeah, I I like this Penn State team to come away with a victory. I know hostile territory; it, it's a really tough place to play too. Um, uh, yeah, I do like them coming through with a victory. Uh, I think it's anywhere from seven to ten points. Um, okay, what what's uh, your score say, prediction? What's your score prediction? Because I know we have listeners who actually want to know that for this game. Score prediction. Um, I really think it's going to hit the under. Number one, I don't think this game's going to have over fifty-two points. I think it's going to be a little bit of a defensive battle. Oh, um, I disagree. Not in, like the gigantic way that we think. I think the score prediction and what I have is 24 to 17 Penn State coming out with the victory. See, I disagree. Um, I think it might actually have a chance of the over, so me and Noah will probably not be betting the over-under for this game. I'll just go ahead and throw that out there, disclaimer. But the uh, spread? Yeah, so I think Penn State, first of all, I'm going to bet Penn State minus 3.5. I'll let everybody know that right now. 
Um, Penn State, I think their offense is going to be able to score in Purdue. I know we're going to try to reestablish the run game. I think we have the running backs this year to do that and the offensive line as well. I think Penn State wins going away 38-21. to Okay. And as Phil just noted, our offensive line is going to be the key to everything this season. If they can play together and as a unit and open up running lanes for some of these... Then our offense is going to be explosive. I mean, basically. Our offense will be explosive. And I don't know if you saw, Clifford's obviously the starter moving forward. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but Alar is now our backup. I Um, love that. That means that he's shown enough in fall camp to pass an already established backup from last year. To me, yeah. that is like promising that the five star is picking up the offense the way they want him to. I totally agree with that. Um, I'm excited to watch Penn State football this year. I'm definitely going to be going out to watch that game Thursday. Uh, so. Let's just be real. I'm I'm excited to watch college football in general. That's why we were are about to get into the Power Five predictions. So we are going to pick a winner for each conference that me and Noah think, and we are also going to pick a sleeper who may not win the conference but are going to have a surprisingly good year. No, go ahead. Okay. Um, what conference you, would you like to start Big 12. With? Big 12. Why not? The least, the least one I care about. Okay. Um, I'm kind of going away. Well, no, I'm not, I'm not going away from uh, last year yeah. specifically. Um, I think Baylor wins the conference and takes it this year. Okay. Um, I'm kind of a homer with that one. Uh, I'm going to pick Oklahoma just because I think um, – I do believe in um, – Who's the, who the frick is the new coach? I believe in him, whoever he is. Um, no, I believe in Oklahoma's new coach. I believe in um, – I believe that Baylor's going to kind of take a step back because Baylor had a really, really good defense last year. They lost some players there. Um, I also think that the sleeper for the Big 12 is going to be Texas. I think Texas is, in fact, going to be back. They're not going to win the Big 12, but they're going to have a 10-win season. And I know they play Alabama, and that's an automatic loss, but say what you will. Okay. Um, and my sleeper team is actually K-State. Um, Kansas State's always been a middle-of-the-pack kind of team in the Big 12. They've had some decent years where they go 9-3. and three. Yeah. No, they had, um, they had a couple 10-win seasons, dude. I think even an 11-win yeah, season. Yeah. They're, they're usually a solid team. They usually always make a bowl game. Um, I love, and honestly, I think my favorite college football player is Deuce Vaughn. I don't know if you've ever watched the guy. He's like 5'7", five, 5'8". Five, no, and he's not just a chance. so quick. Um, yeah. And then something that a lot of people might not know is they actually just picked up Nebraska's old quarterback, Adrian Martinez, who I think is an absolute unit at quarterback. He's, I think he's not transitioning good. to an entirely different conference was a great move from him, yeah. and I think he could make some noise in the Big 12 this year. Well, yeah, because the Big 12 doesn't play defense. Um, there you go. There you go. That's facts. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and go on to the Pac-12. Who do you have winning? Um, Pac-12, I really like Utah this year. Um, after what I saw last year from them in the Rose Bowl game and just throughout the season – Absolutely annihilating Oregon in both games. I don't really think any team comes close to touching them this season. I think USC is going to be overrated again this this year. Um, Who's your sleeper? Oregon and USC are really the two teams that I could see challenging them for this. Who's the but sleeper? I like Utah. Who's the sleeper? Um, Oregon's my sleeper. I think people are kind of sleeping on them and kind of writing in USC as the other team. Can you make it a Can you make an eleventh ranked team a sleeper? Yeah, so I'm because they're, they're <laughs> I'm just being real. To win, the third or fourth highest chances to win. Okay, that's fair. Um, 
I will say I think that um, I'm going to go Utah to win the conference so we can agree on that. I think the sleeper is USC just because everybody is having the same mindset as you is that they're overrated. I actually think they are going to be very good this year, but I do think this is kind of Utah's year to, you know, just take the back 12 by Did you just shit on me for picking a team that was... What? USC's ranked above them. Yeah, I know, but they're, you just said they're usually overrated, so I was just agreeing also, with you. Um, and then... Just to be completely... Um, I just looked it up. Utah and USC actually have the same odds to win the uh, Pac-12 championship game at 225 and Oregon's 280. So those three teams are going to be the ones fighting for it. The next closest team is UCLA at plus 900. So. Well, I'm going to say it now. I believe in Lane Kiffin at USC. I think he's going to be very good. Lane fucking Kiffin. I can't, I'm not going to say I can't stand him, but like, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't like the guy, but I think he's going to be good there. Yeah, he's a solid coach. I don't, I don't like the dude, but he's a good coach. All right, let's hop into the ACC. ACC, my prediction will be Clemson. Okay. Um, I think they take a step forward from last year where they the offensive line has to be better. Has to, has to be. Agreed. I'm, I'm putting that in air quotes too because what did they go like ten and three last year? They went ten and three, but that offense was not good. The defense was elite. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they were they were okay last year. I would say best offensively, but yeah, I think I think they take the conference. I actually and guys, I say this with a heavy heart. Clemson's gonna win just because I believe Dabo's gonna get that offensive line corrected. Uh, but I will say NC State is my sleeper, and I do I would not be shocked. And I'm saying this right now, NC State if they win that conference, I will not be shocked. That is it. Um, that is actually my sleeper team as well. I really like this roster uh, of NC State. They're returning Leary, um, who is honestly one of the best quarterbacks in the country. They have a really experienced roster, period, and they were a good team last year. Yeah. Devin Leary, just uh, for shits and giggles, he was 16th in passing yards last year, threw for just under 3,500, 35 touchdowns and only five interceptions, a 7-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio, which is very, very good for a college football player. All right. Insane, actually. Um, I love that. I love that we agreed on those picks. I do think NC State has a chance, though. Um, I will. I I really do. Especially if Clemson doesn't figure out their offense. Um, Uh SEC, who you got? Um, I'm taking Bama this year. I think them and Georgia are just going to continue to pass the torch back and forth. Kudos, kudos. I agree with that. I just don't think Georgia's defense is going to be as good. They're still going to be very good, but they just lost 11 NFL players on that defense. So um, I will say Alabama, and who's your sleeper? My sleeper, and you had said something about this earlier, and I looked into it a little bit before we got on. Um, I think Spencer Rattler is going to lead the game. God, I hate that fucking douchebag. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him too, but he's, you can't deny he's a really, really good player. I mean, he's all right. I think he's going to get dominated in the SEC by some better defenses. I mean, I hope honest. he does, but that, that is my sleeper is South Carolina. My sleeper is, and I like that pick because I do think South Carolina is going to be much improved this year, um, but Tennessee. That offense is probably a top three or four offense in the country, and that's not exaggerating. They just have to get better defensively. If they have an average defense, they win nine or ten games this year, and I mean that. I really mean that. 
Um, I would not be shocked in market down. You can everybody can at me on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever the fuck people want to at me on. Tennessee is going to upset the University of Georgia in Athens this year. Okay, I just wanted to get that out there. I guarantee Sarah just got like so happy that you said that. Great. Okay. Um, on to the Big Ten. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no surprise. No surprise here. My prediction. I think Ohio State takes this actually pretty easily this year. I wouldn't say easily, but I think they do take it. Yes, I think there's. With I think they're gonna have one or two scares along the way. Yeah, I mean Michigan always plays them tough, but with Michigan I could losing, I could see Penn State playing them tough this year. I really can at home. Come on, Penn State always plays Ohio State pretty tough. That's what I'm saying. Really, consistently has their number year after year. Yeah. Um, who's your sleeper as well, sir? Yeah, but who's your sleeper? My sleeper team, and we had talked about this a little bit earlier. I like Minnesota. Um, getting Kurt Soraka back. Gay. Gay. They went ten and two, um, and made a bowl game and played very well in that as well. Um, they have Tanner Morgan. They have Ibrahim coming back from an Achilles injury that he suffered last year against Ohio State. Which, funny enough, I, I was watching that game and. Uh, Minnesota was only down by like four points and were driving and they were playing super well against Ohio State. So I think this Minnesota team with their old offensive coordinator, um, they could win that West. Uh, yeah, well, I think like three teams could win that West. So great call there. I think the West is trash. Um, I think they got like Wisconsin, Purdue and Minnesota, who I think those are the three teams. Iowa, not this year. Um, my sleeper is Penn State. I just think they have the lowest floor as well as the highest ceiling. So I could legitimately not be surprised if we won seven games this year, but I also honestly would not be surprised if we won 11. Like that's how much talent we have. So if you really think back to last year, Penn state could have been 11 and one only one team really outplayed them um, throughout the entire game. And that was Ohio state. I'm not even going to say that. I think if Sean Clifford doesn't get hurt at Iowa, and I think if P.J. Muster, and I know these are ifs people, but that's a completely different looking season. We at least win 10 games. Uh, Those two games, Iowa and Illinois, Clifford was injured or not 100%. Illinois game was an absolute joke. We will never lose to Illinois, I don't think, again, in the history of um, Penn State's program. I don't know. Illinois bounced back surprisingly well. I mean, I think they're actually not. Like, I mean, they're not good, but they're not as bad as they've been either. Oh, fuck Illinois, all right? Okay, well, that, uh, <laughs> that is that, I guess. Like, like, what does that state have, or, like, that college have going for it? You, have, you had Kofi Cockburn. What did he do for you in the tournament? Dude, now Absolutely you just nothing. switched to basketball. You got people all confused. That's, right. that's fair, that's fair, that's fair. Jesus. Right, we're switching back to football. We're still, but, like, um, 100 days from college basketball, but I am pumped for college basketball. Don't even get me started on I that. Am, I am uh, hyped for that as well. So, so Phil, what's you up? ready? You know, for, oh, no way. Is it is it my first team of destiny of the college Not football season? team of destiny. All right, Team of Destiny, guys. Absolutely first one of the year. I love NC State, who typically isn't a powerhouse in college football. I love them bringing back Devin O'Leary at quarterback, or Devin Leary, which one, whatever it is. He is a big-time quarterback. 
I think that's most than the ACC can say, like better than most teams in the ACC can say. I, I know I picked Clemson earlier, but I did say that I thought it was going to be close. And if Clemson's offense doesn't take the steps they need to take, I think NC State might be the team to beat in the ACC. So team of destiny, I'm a big Wolfpack guy. Wolfpack, baby. And just to give a shout-out to one of our friends, uh, Sam lives really nearby, so he could probably go to an NC State game whenever he wants to. Yeah, Sam, if you're actually listening to this, don't be a pussy and go to an NC State game. There you go. Uh, <laughs> go to one of their games, all right, Sam? Yeah. And we need a scout there to tell us. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, don't worry, guys. I still remember last year in Sam Houston State uh, and how they you know, basically made us all look like fools who joined my bandwagon. I will be getting blocked on Twitter again by that uh, university, so just keep that in mind. Now, guys, we have one of my favorite segments just because I get to listen to Noah be an idiot. Uh, bad take of the week just to kind of put, you know, get us going with some uh, blood flowing conversation here. I think we need to take away non-conference college football games completely and we need to extend the playoffs from the current 14 format to six anywhere between 16 and 64 i will be happy with 16 i would be ecstatic with 64 um i, I love college football and i love seeing small market teams so or i shouldn't say market this isn't the professionals but smaller teams in smaller conferences getting to play these bigger teams and getting to put their name and some players out on, on the public front, people getting to know them. Um, I, I love that for them. But also you have teams that never get a shot to be in the playoffs because they take four, and it's always two or three of the same teams year after year. It's usually Ohio State, it's usually Clemson, and it's usually Alabama and some mixture of like Georgia, Notre Dame, something along those lines, Oklahoma too. You have the same seven or eight teams every single year making it into the final four of college football. If you extend this, you will give some of these smaller teams or teams that just are in, in insane conferences and can't beat one of these top four teams get a chance to take over the throne. And I absolutely love that. Okay, well, I absolutely hate the non-con take because, first of all, you're taking away some of the college football. Like, I, I agree with the extending the playoff. I don't think many people are going to argue with you um, with that. Uh, but when you're taking away uh, non-con games... No, when you're taking question a, for you though is how do you go about that? Because you would have to shorten the season, right? You have to. Sh- would you take away conference? No. Why would you have to shorten the season? NFL's okay, the, NFL's I'm seventeen, eighteen weeks. I'm changing it. I okay. I think you should get rid of the shitty non-conference games, as in playing these shit teams, because then these shit teams will have a. Chance. Okay, but you can't change it. You already said your bad take, and now I want to okay. expose you okay, for it. No, no, no. Okay. I'm exposing you. So, okay. so we're just going to get rid of all the rivalry games that are conference, like Georgia, Georgia Tech. Like, like you're going to get rid of all these ancient rivalry games for your own agenda of not having non-con games. The reason why I say this is 90% of non-conference games are absolute dog shit and the teams win by 40 that should win by 40. Okay, it's but, not but what about when like Penn State plays Auburn? When does that get to happen? Okay, okay, Phil. That's like a small percentage of actual games. Most you don't like don't when I'm right. Big. You don't like when I'm right. What? You don't like when I'm right. I just said it. No, hey, I'm fine being wrong, but most teams will maybe play one other decent team in non-conference. Maybe. Most of the time they play three trash teams that are in FCS or like 
really small conferences. Okay, fair um, enough, fair enough. Uh, like, guys... Let me get rid of those games. How about we get rid of those games and keep the big non-conference games? Okay, maybe, Noah. Anyway, guys, if you listen to this and you disagree with Noah or agree with him, exactly. let, let him know when he posts some dumb shit on Twitter or on Instagram absolutely comment and interact with us guys we do this because we want to interact with you um by the way me and no i just want to shout this out as we're closing out the last podcast we did was kind of a false start to this season which this will not be the same thing we are going to be continuously going we are back we are back we are back but we had the most plays by far and that love cannot be understated and we really do appreciate it guys um, we have a few things in the works, exciting things in the works, um, maybe interviews in the middle of the season, maybe a merch drop, who knows? Um, Noah, what do you want to close out with? Uh, just, we thank you guys for being patient with us and for all of you that continue to listen to us as we release this on Thursday, like you're the ones that keep us going. Uh, to be fair, we both just enjoy doing this and talking about sports and putting out some kind of content yeah but hearing from you guys and having questions and people asking to come on the podcast it's it's really rewarding and um we just love sports man and we love when you guys talk about it with us so yeah we can't thank you enough guys and show love on the socials if you haven't followed us just look us up sticky sports side if you search it you're gonna find us instagram tiktok twitter we will have pics come out on twitter tiktok's just gonna be funny sports stuff and then Instagram is going to be stuff about the podcast, little maybe little clips. We might get to the to that point later in the season. We are excited to be back. Thank you, guys, and let's hop on that gravy train. Appreciate it, guys. As Phil said, let's hop on. All right.